Okay, let's begin our discussion of Vayakel, Pekude, Parshas Para, and Chazak of this week, this year, Tavshin Ayin Hey. And we'll focus, though, on the Parshio. So Vayakel and Pekude. Hopefully next week, maybe we'll get into uh, the Hachodesh issues. And uh, the following week, we'll probably not have a Parshish year, but we'll have the... Uh, the annual Haggadah year, Be'ez Hashem, as Pesach is coming, Haba'aleinu Latova. So, though, tonight we have Vayakal and Pekudeh, the repeat sukkim of the uh, Tzivui of the Mishkan. But we start off, as we know, the beginning of Vayakal discusses not only Vayakal, but another mitzvah that is related, and that is Shabbos. Vayakal Moshe has called us B'nei Yisrael V'yomer Aleyhem. Moshe gathers all B'nei Yisrael and tells them, These are the things that Hashem commands you to to do. And we know the Medrash at the beginning of this week's parasha is the source for all Shabbos afternoon shiurim. Moshe Rabbeinu was makil, kihilos, kihilos, even in the Midbar. Gather them together to learn Torah with them on Shabbos afternoon. So we have Shabbos, one of the many times in the Torah, where Shabbos is mentioned, kol ha'osebo malacha yumas. We have Shabbos juxtaposed with the Mishkan. We know that Shabbos is also connected to the Mishkan earlier in Shumen Tetzaveh, followed by before Shani into Parshas Kisisa. But the question is, and this is already asked by Chazal, why is it that in Vayakapakude Shabbos comes first? Shabbos is before the Mishkan in Vayakapakude, while in Shumen Tetzaveh, followed by Kisisa, Shabbos is after the Mishkan. There's one question that Chazal already deal with. Meshachachma, a number of years ago, we learned together, uh, suggested that maybe Binyan HaMishkan would have been Docha Shabbos before the Egel, and only afterwards it is, uh, it is not. Okay, Rav Salvechik, though, adds on another further question. And that is, why is, it seems like in Vayakab it's Mamish, they're together. They're, they're very close. Right here, and then right after the Savar Shabbos, they're, they're juxtaposed in a very tight way. In Truma Tetzavit, they're there also, but we have Truma Tetzavit, we have Truma, we have the Mishkan, Tetzavit, we have the Big Day Kahuna, and then we have the Yemehamiluim Avoda, which is not specifically the Mishkan, and then we have at the beginning of Kisisa a lot of other mitzvos. And then we have Shabbos leading into the Egel. So not only is Shabbos earlier in Vayakel, before the Mishkan, but it is also, doesn't seem as tightly connected to the, to the Mishkan. And the question is why? The question is why the difference? Says Rev Salvechik, based on a Beis HaLevi, based on his great-grandfather, the, his namesake, his namesake, Rabbi Yosef Dov Salvechik, one Rabbi Yosef Dov Salvechik basing his theory on another, Rabbi Yosef Dov Salvechik, the following idea. If you look in the, uh, the Masoras Harav in source number one, First, Rav Salvechik notes, it is interesting to note the enthusiasm with which the people built the Mishkan. At no time during the 40 years in the desert did any of the children of Israel violate the sanctity of the Mishkan. Though Shabbos was violated on the first Shabbos. Mishkan, there were guards up even for the Mishkan. But Shabbos not. Okay, we will get back to that. But what is the connection? Says Rav Salvechik, based on the Beis HaLevi, Shabbos and the Mishkan represent necessities versus luxuries. The Mishkan is a luxury. The Mishkan is something that we haven't had in thousands of years. Shabbos is not a luxury. Shabbos is a necessity. There are basic necessities on line 8 to maintain physical life. And there are luxuries which are greatly enjoyed but do not constitute necessities. Right? Bread, water are necessities. A roof over one's head is a necessity. But vacations, um, special types of foods, other ta'anugim, that's luxuries. In our spiritual lives too, explains the Beis HaLevi. In the Olam Aruchnius, there are mitzvos, which are basic to our existence as Jews. They are related, and even on a Kabbalistic level, I might add, as we know every mitzvah connects to different parts of the body, there are mitzvos that relate and connect and parallel to the heart, and to the brain, and to the kidneys, and to the liver, and to the lungs. And there are other mitzvot which are beautiful and needed, but not as much. Not luxury mitzvot, but symbolic that one can be a Jew without them. 
And there are other mitzvahs which, although beautiful, we could survive without as a people if necessary. So says Rev. Salvechik, Knesset Yisrael has survived for 1900 years without a temple, without a Beis HaMikdash, sometimes very well, without the Beis HaMikdash. We produce Tanaim, the Mishnah, the Gemara, Gaonim, Rishonim, Mikubalim, Chasidim, Misnagdim. Pretty amazing growth that we have had over the past 2,000 years in the development of, of uh, Am Yisrael. Of course, Jews pined for the rebuilding of the Mishkan and the Beis HaMikdash. Obviously, Nevi'im and Beis HaMikdash widens one's religious horizons, but we could survive without these. But on the other hand, Klal Yisrael without Shabbos, we couldn't do it. We can't survive without Shabbos. Shabbos to the soul is like water and bread to the body. In his Lashon. Says Rev. Solveitchik now. That's the Beis HaLevi about necessity versus luxury. I think we mentioned that a number of years ago even inside. But now Rev. Solveitchik has his own point. If a person becomes a Shoteh, or a person gets very, not even a full Shoteh, mentally deranged, he no longer differentiates between necessities and luxuries. Sometimes if a person's very, very sick, they lose their appetite. They don't want to eat even though they have to eat. Even though they're going to dehydrate. Even though it's crucial. But the line between luxury and necessity is blurred. They just don't take care of themselves. And maybe they'll do a luxury and not a necessity. That's what happens when somebody's sick. He'll neglect his body, will not eat, will not protect himself from the cold. In the same way, when the nation was of sound spiritual foundation, pre-Egel, Hashem didn't have to tell us in lights shining Shabbos. Shabbos is a necessity. But before the ego, we were on such a high. So Hashem didn't even have to tell us the basics. He didn't have to say, remember to eat. Of course Shabbos. That's a basic. See, he just focused on the luxuries. Yeah, Shabbos was mentioned, but it wasn't in bright lights. It wasn't directly connected. Because we were healthy. We were on a high. When the nation was of sound spiritual foundation, the command to build the Mishkan in Parshas Truma did not include this warning. But after the Chet Egel, after what we have been through, again, assuming like the Ramban, that the Torah was written in, in this regard, in chronological order, they experienced a spiritual mental deterioration. No longer do we have the Chachma to differentiate between necessities and luxuries. We became sick. It therefore became necessary for God to warn them about the mitzvah priorities. Hashem has to say, Shabbos, even before the Mishkan. He has to emphasize it because many times we, we forget the priorities. We forget the hierarchy of mitzvos. And then he says amazingly, if one analyzes Shabbos Shuvadrashas from the past 50 years and from 150 years ago, what was the content of the Shabbos Shuvadrashas? Obviously, there's a difference based on technology. That's true. But what was the content? He writes, If you read the Shabbos Shuvah that were given to Jews in Europe, they never contain warnings to keep Shabbos, Kashrus, Tefillin, sending uh, the yeshiva. Sex exhortations were unnecessary. It was a Pashat. It was necessities. There wasn't a Havamina otherwise. They spoke about... They shouldn't spend excessive time in front of mirrors, being overly concerned with one's appearance, not to dress too uh, luxuriously. Okay, different things that they used to focus on. But what do we focus on? Rahman al-Islan, we live in a sick generation. Rav Salvechik wrote, he even wrote this many years ago. Exhortations regarding basic spiritual necessities, reciting Kaddish over a deceased parent, a relatively minor custom is considered more important than Shabbos and Jewish education. Our priorities are messed up. Just as an example, Kaddish is more important than Shemir Shabbos. You have many people out there that would run, they wouldn't miss a Kaddish. Many semi-affiliated Jews. But that doesn't mean they're going to keep kosher. Hashem would rather them keep kosher. Right, uh, a little minnow, which is nice for the neshama, and, and the deceased would also would rather them keep kosher. But that's the generation we live in. We live in a sick generation. Jews will keep their businesses open on Shabbos for a few extra dollars, yet at the same time, you have tens of thousands of dollars to build lavish, but to Knesios. What's more important? 
Says Rav Salvechik, that's why Shabbos is front and center in Vayakel after the Egel. Because we lost our priorities and we've never fully gotten them back. Since the Chet Egel, every Puranis, as we know, as we'll talk about this a little bit later, a little bit is from the Egel throughout every time throughout Jewish history. But we have to realize, the goal is to have clarity. The goal is to realize what are necessities and always keep. What's the, what are the Dindaraisas? What are the Drabanans? What are the Minhagim? We have to always keep the priorities and hierarchy of mitzvos in the proper perspective. Okay, moving right along. Vayakel and Pekude. Remember from a number of years ago. I was going to start off with this from Rav Zevin. Vayakel is about the kihila of the tzibur. Pekude is about the kiddush or kolechad ve'echad. Even the name, the name of the parshios, talk about the tzibur and the yachid. We have to come together, but we can't lose sight of each yachid within the tzibur. Vayakel and pakude, and doing that would create us to be able to be chazak. Would be, allow us to be strong both in the tzibur and in the yachid if we remember both the vayakel and the pakude. That's just a one-line backpack of thought. Feel free to have it. Okay, we continue now. Says the Torah in Perek Lamed Vav. As we continue in the Mishkan, Perek Lamed Vav, Pasuk Aleph. And then Pasuk base. The expert artisans, Bitzalel, Ahali of, Asher Nasan Hashem Chachma Utsvuna Baim Hashem gave them wisdom. What Das Lasos is called Malachas Avodesh Akodesh, to know, to do all the Malacha, Lakala Chertsiva. Moshe calls Bitzalel. Who does Moshe say? El Bitzalel, Ahali of, the El Kol Ish Chacham Leiv, and to every wise of heart. Asher Nasan Hashem Chachma Belibo, Hashem calls them all together, the leaders, Betzalel Aliyav, and every man of wisdom. Kol Asher All that have their heart lifted up to do the Malacha. The question is asked by the Chafetz Chaim. Isn't there a vav missing right after the Asnachta? We have a whole list of people that Moshe, that Moshe called Betzalel Vit. Eliyav, Vit, El Kolish Chacham Leiv, and then we have, and people whose heart were lifted up. Shouldn't it be an and? It's the next group on the list. Anybody who is wise, and anyone who had their heart lifted up, why does it not have a vav there? And maybe we might add, why is there an asnachta right before? We know an asnachta is the greatest break, except for Sof Pasuk. We know Tamei HaMikra go back, way, way, way back, back to Ezra. It's not haphazard. Even the Ta'amim teach us, give us Havana. Ze'ez Tachavetz Chaim, why here isn't there a Vav? And we're adding, what about the Esnachta? Says Tachavetz Chaim, you know why there's no Vav? Because it's not, it's not the next one on the list. It's the root of everybody earlier on the list. It's the reason why everyone else on the list is on the list. Building the Mishkan was impossible. Building the Mishkan was extremely difficult. Fitting everything in. Um, understanding how to build all the kalim. This is God's house. Right? This isn't just any house. Building it in, a, in the speed that it had to be built in, as we'll talk about Hashem uh, a little bit later. How'd they do it? So they had the volunteers. They had Betzalah, Aliyah, and every man that had the wisdom Hashem gave wisdom to. What was the secret Says the Chavis Chaim, that's the next phrase. Call Asher Nisaoli Bo Lekarva El Hamalacha. Anyone who had an uplifted heart, meaning you gotta have the rut zone. If you have the rut zone, Hashem will meet you halfway. Says the Chavis Chaim on line three in source number two. Hatorah Ba Betevos Elu Lefaresh Harishonim to explain, and that by the way is why there's an Asnachta to emphasize this is not part of the list. This is explaining all of the above. Lemar, mi zehoish asher zachalios bechlal. Who was the man who was zochet to be chacham leiv? Who was it? Haish asher nesaoli bola karvel hamalacha. Whoever had their heart lifted up. Klomar, adam shehiskim beli bola karvel hamalacha. If somebody has a has a rutzon, has a desire, lehisbonein ulehisanyein echlasos as hamalacha. If somebody has the Ratzon, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives him the Chachva. You know, many times we, we uh, how can we do it? 
Right? How could we do uh, this area of learning? How could I take along this Havrusa? How could I learn Dafyomi? How could I be Maver Sedra? Whatever one, what stage one is up to. All you got to have is Asher Nisa'oli Bo. The heart lifted up, if the desire is there, then HaKadosh Baruch Hu opens up. HaKadosh Baruch Hu opens up the Shefa of Chachma and the Shefa of Abilities and in that way makes it possible. Somebody once came, the story is quoted in a number of places. One of them is right here. It's quoted in the Talayoros, the middle of source number three right now, from Revisa Zalman. Somebody once came to Revisa Zalman Meltzer, the great posek uh, of Yerushalayim, and said, There was a blind Talmud Chacham that came with two Svarim to Revisa Zalman. And he showed him and he wanted a Haskama. Wanted a Haskama from Revisa Zalman. He wants. Tamar al-Lepesha Dvarim. And he says to Revisa Zalman, these are my last svarim that I'm going to write. My last svarim. Asks Revisa Zalman, what does that mean? What do you mean your last svarim? How can you say it's your last svarim? Halavai should be many, many more. So the Zakin says, very recently he lost his vision. Very recently. The doctor did checks in his eyes, in his eyesight, and he mentioned he doesn't understand how he saw for so many years. Based on the physical examination, he should have lost his eyesight many years beforehand. Many years. I have no idea. The doctor says I can't explain it. Ten years ago, I should have lost my eyesight. But, I told the doctor, I know why. You know why I saw? Because I had a rut zone. I had a drive. I had a desire. I was old. I was weak. A malti, but I had a project to do. I have to get these farm out. That was my project. Just to get these farm out. That was my goal. And that was it. I didn't think beyond there. And finally, when I finished, I said, okay, must speak. Okay. Now relax a little bit. I relax and take a take a take a take a back seat. Boom. That's when I lost it. Says the man to Revisa Zalman, Hashem wasn't going to give me another nace. While I had the vision that my desire to do something for HaKadosh Baruch Hu kept me going. Right now. Again, it doesn't say that every case, HaKadosh Baruch Hu has everything worked out in Shemayim. But Revisa Zalman said, he learns from here, Asher Nisao Libo, Likarval Hamalacha. Somebody's heart who is uplifted to do God's work. We always have to have projects. We always have to have Hidkaibiyot. We always have to say, what's my next project? We finish something, we make a seum, what am I learning next? We finish uh, one Mesechda, what's my next? We finish one type of Limud. Always, what's the next project? As long as we are working hard and focusing, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will bless us with the, with the Siyat HaDashmaya and the Kawach. And then he even quotes, again, Altus HaTorah is a compilation, so he quotes the Chavetz Chaim with the story, and then he quotes from Rav Yeruchim. It's in the Rav Yeruchim in, in, uh, in this week's parsha, but he quotes it, so we just have it from here. Rav Yeruchim also says, it's a medrash. He says, it's a medrash we have to realize that we always have to push ourselves. Even if the future is unknown, we push, then we have a chance that HaKadosh Baruch Hu will give us the Siyat HaDashmaya. Where do we know that from? There's a fascinating medrash. We mentioned this a number of years ago. A medrash that says on line 32, on the Pasuk, Lech El Hanimala, go, go to the ant, go see the ant, Atzel, O lazy one, Ra'ad Racheha V'chachem, Look at what the ant does and become wise. She prepares in the summer the food that she's going to have. 
Says the Medrash, line three. Rabbanan Amri, Hanamalazu Shlosha Batim Yeshla. In Ant has three places where it lives. Ve'ena Koneses Be'el Yon Mibnei Adlaf. Velo Betachem Mibnei Atina. El Be'emsa. There's one area where the ant could survive. Ve'ena Chayel Ashisha Chadashim. We're not getting into the medical, zoological issues right now. We're getting the message of the Medrash. And the ant only lives for six months. Ve'kol Ma'achala Ena Elachito Mechsa. And all it needs to eat is one and a half grains of wheat. But an ant is always busy. You see the ants on the floor. There's never an ant that's not moving. Ants are always moving. They're always carrying. They're busy. They're walking. They're going here, this, that. What's the ant so busy for? All it needs is one grain. Obviously, an ant is not thinking about this. Why did HaKadosh Baruch Hu put it into the Bria, into the Teva of the ant to do this? What's it meant to teach us? Omeris Hanamala, Shema Yigzar Alaya Kadosh Baruch Hu Chaim, Veyeli Muchan Lecho. Maybe Hashem will give me more life than six months. Maybe. Maybe. Amar of Shimon Bayochai, Maisahaya, Umatzer Bebarshal, Ashlosh Meos Kur. Found an ant. And Shlomo Melech says, the lazy ones, we should learn from an ant. We do our hishtavlus. We raise up our hearts. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it's up to him to do the rest. B'tzalel, Ahaliyav, and every Ishko Chacham Lev, they had it because of their tremendous Nisias Lev that they, that they had. And remember, the ant is on the off chance. It's not natural for an ant to live more than six months. For a human being, it's natural, Be'ed Hashem. You may sure say, Shivim Shana, Shmonim Shana, 120 years in the natural realm. How much we have to learn from, from the ant. Okay, moving right along. As we have the details recorded again, Try to give some equal time, right, to the part. It's halacha, right? You've got to have three aliyahs in Vayakel, three in Pekude, and one that goes across. So we'll have the third idea now that we have from Vayakel, at least three, right, if we usually have seven or eight thoughts, but uh, at least three thoughts from the uh, first parsha here. You can't do parsha with Vayakel without mentioning, without mentioning the Maros Hatsovos, meaning the one unique discussion that's in Vayakel that's not in Truma is the Maros Hatsovos. Says the Pasik in Paraklam and Ches, Pasik Ches. Vayas ace hakiar nechoshes. Vez nakono nechoshes. Moshe Rabbeinu makes the kiar, or Bitzalel, makes the kiar, makes the, the, uh, source of water for the Kohanim to wash their hands and feet every day. We discussed in past years, that's also one of the Mukaras for Nitzilas Yadayim in the morning. Vayas kano nechoshes. The copper kiar, the copper kano, formulated in the Pasik as two separate kalim, the kiar and the kano. Bimaros Hatsovos with the mirrors Asher Tzvao Pesach Oel Moed. These mirrors. So let's read the Rashi. Rashi says, Bimaros Hatsovos. What were these mirrors? Rashi says, and we'll get into source number five with the Ramban's comments in a minute. But first we read the Rashi. Binos Yisrael, Hayubiyadan Maros. Binos Yisrael, those Nashim Tzidkanios that left Mitzrayim. They had with them mirrors. Shabrobos went Kashemis Kashtos that they used to make themselves beautiful. Why else does a woman use a mirror? Viaf Osan Lo Iklu Mishkan. And even those, they didn't hold back. A mirror is something very uh, beloved to a to a woman. You know, she has to make sure that she looks presentable, even more than presentable to her husband, to the outside. Well, women are more much more focused on appearances than than men, as it, as is is natural. So this is what they used. And yet they didn't hold it back. Moshe, take him. There wasn't a Makola to go to to buy more mirrors down the block in the Midbar. They were giving it and we'll figure it out. Vahaya Moes, Moshe, Bohed. And Moshe felt it was disgusting. Moes. Moshe was disgusted. Mipnei Sha'asuyim Sahara. This is about Gashmius. This is about to become beautiful for the women to the husbands. What I we're going to use this in the Mishkan? I'm going to use the Kiyor is right, but on the west side of the ramp of the Mizbeach, right there next to the Heichal. This is where, and that's in the base of Mikdash. But here, at least in the Mishkan, it's going to be next to the Oel Moed. I can't. It's inappropriate. Inappropriate. Hashem says, Moshe, 
You are wrong. Accept them. These are very beloved to me. Why are they so beloved? More than all the other. Nidavis. These mirrors are why Klal Yisrael are where they are today. You know that, Moshe? Let me tell you something, Moshe. Moshe, maybe you aren't aware because you were in Midian for many decades. Maybe you're not aware of what was going on back in Mitzrayim. Maybe you were in the palace and you didn't realize what was happening out in the fields. Let me explain something to you, Moshe. When the husbands were, came back from hard, back-breaking labor. Perech. Ayu holchosum olichos lohem. Machel. Umishte. Umachilos asam. What the women do? They brought them food and drink. Vinotlos hamaros. And they took these mirrors. Vikalachas roe atzma in baila bimare. They looked at themselves. Now, they didn't take a selfie. It was kind of like describing. Right? They looked in the mirror together with their husbands to awaken the uh, the physical drive of the husbands. Look how beautiful we are. Trying to get them excited. And that's the way. After a long, hard, avodas parach work, the husbands weren't interested. These mirrors saved them. These mirrors saved Klal Yisrael. And that's what they did. They went out to the fields. In Shirashirim, I have awakened you under the Tarpuach. These are the Marosovos. And says Akadosh Rashi. Rashi continues, it says, and it's most appropriate that it's on the Kior. Most appropriate. Vizoshinam Marosovos. Vinasa Kior Mehem. Shehula Sum Shalom Benishlishto. The Kior, the water from the Kior, one of its Tafkidim. Is Shalom Bias. Lahashkos mi mayim shebasochol mi shakina labayil of anistera to prove the innocence of Anisha Sota. That's the purpose of the water. We met here. Yaakov Kamenetsky has an unbelievable comment at Parshas Naso, where he says, you know, you might look at Anisha Sota and think like, oh, what a terrible process, right? It's so uh, anti. It makes it embarrassing. Says of Yaakov, it's just the opposite. When a man is choshed his wife about doing something, he'll always have in his heart that she might have done something. How? She's going to say, oh, nothing happened. He's not going to believe her. She was in seclusion with this man. She had yichud. How do I know? You know, the only way that the husband would know, if HaKadosh Baruch Hu Bechvodo V'Atzmo, testifies that nothing happened. That's Isha Sota. It's the only halacha. It's the only mitzvah. Write the Mepharshim. That has built into it a miracle. There's no other mitzvah that the assumption of the mitzvah is a miracle. We demand the miracle. Unbelievable. But the Kodesh Baruch Hu says, for Shalom Bayis, I'll do it. Where does that water come from that she drinks? From the Kior. That's the Maros Tovos. These mirrors. And you know, it's the Maros. It quotes. That's the Rashi. Says the Ramban. Says the Ramban. Basic, we always have to do the Rambans. The Ramban quotes Rashi on the first four lines. And then he has a little problem with it. V'atam b'medrash hazeh, line five. She'bechol b'me'leches ha'mishkan kiblu atachshitim min anashim kidechsev ha'yevo anashim al anashim v'heviyu chach v'nezim v'tabas v'chumaz v'akumaz k'vim ha'mishkan yoternim as. Ask the Ramban on Rashi or the medrash that Rashi is quoting. I don't understand. Moshe Rabbeinu has a problem with these mirrors because they're used for for the husband and the wife looking in, says the Ramban, wait a minute. What about looking in Parak Laman Hay, Pasach Chavbez? Look back a couple of Prakim. What, what would be some of the um, valuables that were brought for the Mishkan? Chach, Nezem, Tabaz, Kumaz. What were those Kalim? Those weren't the most sneeously placed Kalim, Chazal say. Some of those, as Rashi says, Kumaz, Klezab, Nasun, Boso, Makom. So, why did Moshe only get upset at the mirrors? The mirrors! They can be all clothed when they have mirrors on. Some of these other Kalim, why did Moshe get upset at them? Says the Ramban. Just Pasha, we can read that Rashi a hundred times and not ask the Ramban's Kasha. We all know these two Rashis. Right, the Kumas and the, and the mirrors. 
Says the Ramban, there's a difference. Aval Sham Nisarva Kalhanadava. There's a Tarovas. They smelt down, they melt down all of the gold and the silver they get, and they make they fashion a clea into it. They didn't use those rings, they didn't use them. Aval. Here what they do. These mirrors made this clea. The whole clea was these mirrors. It was visible. There was no bittel, if you want to use lumdish terms. There wasn't a bittel. There was, it's, it's, it's nikar. Avosheyasu kli miyuchad minatachshit ha'asui liyetzahara lo hayamoshe bocher bekach at shenomer lo kemi piyagvura. It's an important ha'ara of the Ramban. Just one further ha'ara. One further ha'ara. And that's asked by the Taz. The Taz in the Divrei David. The Taz's commentary on Rashi. Top of source number six. Ayn b'divrei David sheheir. I still have a problem. When Moshe got them, did he know what they were going to be used for? So, how did, how did Moshe know to only be upset about, about these kalim, about these mirrors? Well, back to the question. So says Rabbi Shavel in his notes on the Ramban, one of the greats. Says Rabbi Shavel in source number line number eight. Yesh Lataris Bakitzer, this is really what the difference is. Not just Tarobes versus not Tarobes, but change of form. Not a mixture with other materials, but a change of form. The mirrors were still used as mirrors. They were put on the kiar and they, you could, you could see a reflection. It was still a mirror. Even though you're used, they're not just a mirror now. They're still functioning as a mirror. Not that you people were looking dafka in there, but when the Kohanim went to use the kiar, they saw themselves in the mirror. Kind of like shinui kone, or nishtana is a different status. So it's not just whether it was mixed in with other kalim, but that it was changed. And maybe Moshe realized that right when he got those mirrors. Right? These tiny little rings, we have no use for this. But the mirrors, Moshe realized, could, were going to be used as is for whatever Kli, and therefore, that's why he was, that's why he was upset. Okay, Adkan, Parshas Vayakel. Now let us move on to the uh, next couple of thoughts in Parshas Pekute. Parshas Pekute. Okay, maybe we'll relate one of them to back to Vayakal also, so it'll really be halachically okay, as we have three and a half and three and a half. Perek Lamedches. Now, Pasach Hafal. First Pasach in Pekute. Ele Pekute HaMishkan. This is the accounting of the Mishkan. Mishkan HaEdus, Asher Pukat Alpi Moshe, Avodas Halavim, Biyari Samar, Ben Aaron HaKohen. Remember, uh, Isamar, the son of Aaron, is in charge of this uh, of this discussion. Says Rashi, why the double lashon of Mishkan? Ela pekute hamishkan, Mishkan oedus. Rashi quotes shtei pa'amim remez lemikdash. It's a, even though we're talking about the Mishkan here, it's a remez to the base of Mikdash, the two bate Mikdash. Shenismashkein b'shnei churbanin alavonosein shel Yisrael. Mishkan could also be read as mashkon, a collateral, a security. The Bate Mikdash were taken as securities, so to speak, instead of Klal Yisrael. As the other the Chazal tell us, instead of on B'nai Yisrael themselves, these boards didn't do anything, this wood, the Kodesh took that as a mashkon. That's the double mashkon, mashkon, mashkon. The two mashkons are the two Bate Mikdash. In the Pirinia Torah, he quotes... Maybe we could explain this based on the following mashal, but first add on one more point. Line three. He's going to quote two mashalim. Two mashalim in this, uh, in this source. Point number one. Yishlafarish is a pasak al pidibir abosinu The Gemara tells us in Sanhedrin 
on the Pasik Uviyom Pakdi Ufakadati Alem Khatasam. What does that mean? On that day I will take upon themselves their sin. Every tragedy that happens in the history of Am Yisrael, every crusade, every holocaust, the roots of that are the Chet Egel. That's the root. That's the root. What does that mean? So the Mepharshim give a marshal. A king was upset, got angry at his son. He has this huge rock and he's like, I'm so upset, I just want to throw this. But afterwards he realizes, how can I do that? He swears, that's it. But he loves his son. What is he, crazy? But he swore. So what does he do? So the king says, Not to throw the stone at all. I can't, I made a shvua. I made a shvua. I can't not uh, throw it at all. But he's not going to throw it, right? Not going to be a yiftach. But, says the, I'm sorry, I skipped a line. I skipped a line on line seven. The way, part of how the king was able to calm down and change his mind was that one of his good friends, Right, one of his good friends came to help him be Mavatal Xera. So he says to his friend, okay, to be Mavatal Xera totally, I can't. Because I already swore. But because, you know, you asked me, Nasati Panecha Amochel, But I got an idea. I'm going to chisel. I'm going to chop it into tiny little pieces. So that every time I get upset, I'll throw a little, I'll throw a little pebble. It'll hurt a little bit. But it won't be this big, huge rock which would destroy them, which would kill him. So that way, I'll have Rachmanus. At the same time, I will be able to continue the relationship and the existence. I'll take a little bit. Same thing with the Egel. What do we read? Hashem wanted to destroy us. We spoke about that in Kisisa and also this Pasik. Hashem wants to. Hashem wanted to destroy us. But, right, we said, Yisrael, it's terrible. But, what did HaKadosh Baruch Hu do? He took a mashkon. He took a mashkon. Yisrael, he takes them. Line two, next page. So Baruch Hashem, Kaddish Baruch Hu, took the, that was the Ohev, so to speak, but he gives us a little tsaris over time as the punishment, the continued punishment for the Egel, Instead of wiping us out totally. Part number one, a mushal to help us understand the Rashi. Again, each but the base of English, which was tragic, but we're still here. And he didn't, he didn't wipe us out totally. Number one. But number two, says the Dubna Magid, let's think about this then. He took the Bate Mikdash as Mashkon. Let me give you another mashal, says the Dubna Magid, on line five. Mashal Adam Echachita Besa Soar Olam. Somebody's thrown in jail. There's a zakin. There's somebody who has rachmanus on him, and halachu mashkinet beso. And this person, he, what did he do? He, he really wanted to. He didn't have enough money to get him out of jail. So what did he do? He sold his house. He sold his this. He sold his. He sold everything to get enough money in order to give to the jailkeeper to get him free. And Baruch Hashem. He was able to convince them. He goes free. And he leaves. When he gets out of jail, he goes on his way. What should he be doing when he gets out of jail? Everything he can to get this guy's house back. Everything he can to do whatever it takes. This guy sold his house. He sold his car. He sold everything. The least that this person could do, who he got out of jail, is to help him get his property back. Don't 
Don't you realize it's your chov to get it back? HaKadosh Baruch Hu had Midas Hadin come to him and say, B'nai Yisrael are chayiv. They're chayiv. HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, you know what? I'll take the Beis HaMikdash from them. I'll take that instead. I'll sell the house. Beklay Tefarto. Hashem says, I'll destroy my own house where I have Ashras Ashkina, where if Beis HaMikdash was here, the whole world would recognize who I am. But now I have to destroy it and now nobody knows. And everybody says, you know, where's HaKadosh Baruch Hu? The least we could do, we were saved. The least we could do is to try to get the Mashkon back. To try to get the Beis HaMikdash rebuilt. Yisrael Shochrim et HaGalus HaShchino V'Kvod Hashem Yisparach V'Rib Samen HaLev Klal Yispala Binyan Beis HaMikdash B'Mehera So we have to realize, says the Dubna Magid, they were taken as security against us. So we have to realize, we have to do what we can to help the Master get the securities back. Okay. Something very interesting. As we continue in the second Pasuk. Again, Betzal did everything that Hashem told, commanded Moshe. Says Rashi again. Baruch Hashem. We're able to do a lot of Rashis and talk about them. Says the Rashi. Asher Tziva Oso Moshe Ein Shouldn't it say Betzal did everything that Moshe told him to do? doesn't say that. It says Betzal did everything that Hashem told Moshe to do. But it doesn't say that Moshe told him to do. Ah, Chazal say, according to the Gemara in Brachis, Ela kol asher tziv Hashem es Moshe, afilu dvarim shelo amar lo rabo. Even things that Moshe didn't tell Betzalel to do, Betzalel figured out with his Chachma what Hashem had told Moshe to do. His kima daito lo asher nemer lo Moshe misinai. What's an example? Ki Moshe tziva le Betzalel lo aso schila kelem v'achach mishkan. Moshe first told Betzalel to build the Kalim and then build the outside walls, the Mishkan. And what did Betzalel do? Betzalel flipped it. Amrlo Betzalel. Minag ha'olam la'asos t'chila bayis v'yachach mo'isim kalim b'tzocho. How can you build the Kalim and not have a place to house them? First you have to build the Mishkan and then Moshe says to him, how did you know that? Amrlo kach shamati b'pi ha'kadosh baruchu. Amr la Moshe, Bitzel Kel Hayita. Bitzel Kel, right? Your mother named you correctly. Bitzalel, Bitzel Kel Hayita. That's Rashi. Machlokes Moshe and Bitzalel. And Bitzalel says that Moshe, isn't this what you heard from HaKadosh Baruch? There is an amazing discussion. comes up in uh, a number of Sfar. There is a sefer called Torah Chaim, which is uh, somebody put together a lot of Reb Chaim Brisker's Torah, Zala Torah. Some of it is his political views. Some of it is his Torah views. But in this week, in, on this Rashi, he quotes a story. Quotes a story um, about one sefer, and I heard it in the name of Rav Solveitchik from another about uh, about another uh, example. He quotes. I'll quote the story the, the way I, I heard it, and it's also a footnote in one of the Rav Solveitchik's Yardzei Shirim Shirim Lazecha Abamari. It's a one line footnote. But there's a sefer, the Seder Hadoros. Seder Hadoros. The origins of it are even a couple hundred years ago, but in the 1800s it was put out, another edition, and the author came to Reb Chaim for a haskama. Came to Reb Chaim for a haskama, for the Sefer. And Reb Chaim read the Sefer and said, great Sefer, but there's one page that's apikarsis. So you got to take out that page. What's apikarsis? If it's a great Sefer, how could you have apikarsis? In the Sefer, which goes through a lot of the generations, and the it's a history book, it's a, it's a listing off of the Tanoim and the Rishonim. So there, as a certain genre of, of uh, Sefer uh, quotes, he has the Machlokas between Rabbeinu Tam and Rabbi Chiyo Mipariz. There is a Machlokas Rishonim, whether Tfilin, it says, Ukshartam la'osal yadecha. Does Tfilin have to be retied every day or not? Does the knot of the Tfilin have to be tied every day? We Paskin, no. We Paskin, no. The knots on our Shel Rosh and our Shel Yad, they're there. We wrap it on our arms every day. But the knots themselves are Kavua. They're there. You make it, the silver makes it once by our Bar Mitzvah, and unless we have to adjust it, they, they stay. That's really a Machlokas, Rabbeinu Tam and Rebelio Mi Paris. So it quotes here, quotes here, that, that Rabbeinu Tam was talking to a Malach. 
Line five. Shal Rabbeinu Tam. Heich kosherin Amalei Adoni Tishal Rabbeinu Bi Paris Va Rabbeinu Tam. Heich kosherin Kesher Shal Tefillin. Im Sarech Lekashro Bechal Yom O Dai Behiduk You have to tie it every day or just tighten it. O Tzarech Hiduk Fikshira. Vahanavi Karav Miyad Lefrem Et Matatron. Whoa. Matatron. That's a super malach. Right? And they go there. The Rishonim Rabbeinu Tam Rabbeinu Tam Rabbeinu Tam are now Upstairs in Shemayim. At least they're in, in Torah. The Kachamale Matatron, raid Bekan Lefanenu. Veheshev Lomatat, Matirtse, Loe raid. Kimosha Lefanecha. Viareti Lelech. Avosho Mashatirtse Vashalacha. What do you want to know? They get into this whole discussion. And they talk about what exactly, uh, a couple, skip a couple of extra lines. And Moshe Rabbeinu's there. Okay. Line 21. Vechenasa Nahanavi, Vishami Menu, Hech Kosher and Kesher Shotfilin. Amr le Moshe Rabbeinu Olav Hashalom. Ein atem kosherim bedas. Kedas. You're not doing it properly. Ki akshira lo b'shal yadi ala b'shal rosh. V'tzorach l'kshar b'chol yom. And you got to tie the knots every day, says, Rabbeinu, says Moshe Rabbeinu. This is the version of the story that's quoted here. Moshe Rabbeinu says you got to tie the knot every day. The Yorad Rabbeinu Tam Ka'ari. If we wouldn't say it in the Sefer, it would be us for us to quote. Rabbeinu Tam jumped up. V'yomar Moshe... Ta'ita. Moshe, you're wrong. Ki akesher ain't sarach b'chol yom elahiduk. Now, you only have to tie it every day. V'lo b'shal roshi ala b'shal yad, because it's if v'kshayta mosei adecha. Ana Moshe, berov an v'sanuso. Moshe Rabbeinu, even in that world, he's an anav. Ani omer l'mitzvah sarach shira b'chol yom. Avalo la'akev. L'chadchila. Heishev Rabbeinu tam. V'cheza mitzvah, hilo la'akev, hilo mitzvah. What do you mean? You have to, or you don't have to. What are you saying? Yes, maybe. But you have it by mitzvahs. So this is between Moshe Rabbeinu and and Rabbeinu Tam, and they continue back and forth. We're not going to go through the whole thing right now until the end. The last line, seventy-three. You have here. Rabbeinu Tam got very angry, and he stands up on his feet. And yells, the Yomer Moshe Rabbeinu all of a shalom raid. The Chain Sakim Opamashi Yor Moshe Rabbeinu Yeshiva. The Yomer Rabbeinu Tama Ani Omer Shein Lichur Kesher Shotfilin B'Chol Yom. Vishalot Sivito Zeba Torah. That's a great line. You didn't command this in the Torah. Shekibalta Mi Akadosh Baruch Hu. The Hode Moshe Rabbeinu Lidvarav. Whoa, that's the story in Seir Adoras. So the story goes that Reb Chaim said that page is Apikarsus. Why? Because you can't argue with Moshe Rabbeinu. Zichru Toras Moshe Avdi. The Pazik at the end of Nevi'im says, it's called, even HaKadosh Baruch Hu calls it Toras Moshe. Moshe Rabbeinu is the end all and the be all in terms of the posik. Yes, the Gemara writes, Rav Solveitchik writes in a yard site, Russia, in the first paragraph of Sanhedrin, that sometimes Moshe Rabbeinu is Bimakom Shivim Ve'echad. And sometimes he is one. That's the source for 71. 70 plus Moshe. That's why Shiva Misha Moshe al Gabehem. Yes, but in, when it comes to decisions, when it comes to Torah's Moshe, you can't argue with Moshe. It's apikarsus. To say, oh, this Machlokas Rishonim is like Moshe. No, Moshe's different. So you got to take it out. So why is it here? So the story goes that when he got back to the printer, it was already at print. So he couldn't. He couldn't change it. So he just put in the introduction, in the Askama, Reb Chaim, Reb Chaim gave me Askama, but he said this page is not the curses. So you've got to be careful about that. Okay, but that's the story. So that's what, in the Sefer, the Torah Chaim, he quotes it from another, another example of a, of a Sefer, see on line 10, Ein et lefidaito ein l'shum ish koach lachlok emosher abeinu alav ashalom. Tzisibah malachi zichra Torah's Moshe avdi. And he said, look in the Panim Yafos, the Rebbe of the, uh, the Hafla, the Rebbe of the Chassam Sofer, Ma'pe Shah, Ma'pe Silel. This is a certain genre of, uh, of type of, of, uh, thought. Advar Torah. It's a line six. Reb Chaim Amarsha, Sipur Ze'asela Omer, Kazeapi Karsus. The Torah, Nikres Torah, Moshe. Okay. But it is interesting that B'Tzalel did argue on him. That's Chazal. That's Chazal. It's a Gemara. B'Tzalel stood up to Moshe. That stood up at this time. So you gotta say B'Tzalel was different. B'Tzel Kel Hayita. B'tzalel wasn't even a Rishon. He was a Navi. He was a Navi. He had a direct line of communication with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He had special siyat of the Shmaya. So it must be shiny, shiny B'tzalel in terms of, in terms of his power of arguing with Moshe Rabbein. Okay. Moving right along. Moving right along. Two more thoughts for the evening. 
The first is something very special, very unique, and this is a thought that can really can be quoted five weeks out of the year. Truma Tetzava Kisis of Yaakov Akute. So it's a very useful, universal, universal thought. Says the Be'er Yosef, we haven't focused on the Be'er Yosef in a long time, so Baruch Hashem, he's back. Rabbi Yosef Misalat. Perek Mem, Pasuk Beis. Perek Mem. Vayedabra Hashem Moshe Leymar. Last Aliyah. Biyom HaChodesh HaRishon Be'achal HaChodesh Takim Ez Mishkan Oel Mo'ed. When was the Mishkan built? For good. Rosh Chodesh Nisan. Biyom HaChodesh HaRishon Be'achal HaChodesh. Chodesh Nisan is the day. Says the Medrash. It could have been ready earlier. Says the Medrash. Beginning of Surah number 12. Bishah line 2. Bishah Shamar Kodesh Baruch Hu Mishkan. Miyad Amar Moshe Yisrael. V'yichol Truma. Mahaya Moshe Oh, so when was that according to Chazal? Tishrei. The day after Yom Kippur. Moshe Osa Mishkan. V'yelotzani Adar Omrim. Efshash Hashkin Eshchorah Ben Amram. Come on. You're going to build a house for God. It's not going to happen after the Chet Egel. Forget it. Amar Ab Yochanan. Shisha Chadashim Hayaosik B'Mishkan. Vishlosha Chadashim Asauhu. Vishlosha Chadashim Kipluhu. Three months it took to build the Mishkan. They started in Tishrei. Tishrei and Chishvan case Kislev. By Kislev. By Kislev, the Mishkan, the Mishkan was done. And we know Chanukah. Chanukah is a Mishkan. But what happens? But then for three months, they folded it. It wasn't built. They waited. They waited for the tzivui. Let's build it. What's the problem? No, 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 you got to wait. Kaddish Baruch Hu wanted it to be delayed. Line nine, Hakadosh Baruch Hu niskavein lahaamid amishkan bechodesh shenolad bo Yitzchak Avinu. He was waiting for the month that Yitzchak was born. Yitzchak was born on Pesach, right? Lo asa elakadesh shigiyav oso achodesh. So he waited. Fine. Two questions, one major and one minor. I mean, there's no minor question in the in uh, right in in Torah, but in terms of what we'll deal with, if the I don't, let's understand, I don't understand this. Yes, the bear Yosef. They rush, 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 rush. Three months. Mishkan's built. And then what? Then it sits, folded up for three months. So why do they have to rush? If you want it to be rushed, then put it up right when it's finished. If you don't want to, if, you, if it's not going to be up for six months, so then take their time. Imkain. Ma tam asa kein HaKadosh Baruch Hu. L'sayeya b'meleches ha-mishkan. She'yigamer kolkach b'mehirus. Sholzman, shlosha chadashim. Why? It should have taken much longer time. There's so much to build. The boards and the kapores and the parochas and the kruvim and the menorah and the shulchan and the mizbeach and the chazer. This avoda. If anybody's ever built something, it always takes triple the amount of time. Then forecast. Avoda kazos lo haisanasis karagil. El bemeshach zman rav. Obviously, Hashem helped them in this regard. They were able to finish it quickly. So why then the rush with the special siyat of the Shmaya, which then turned into the waiting game? Then the other question is, why Dafka in the month of Yitzchak Avinu when there were other of the Avos that also, Chazal tell us, we're born in that in that month. But we'll get back to that at the end. Says the Ber Yosef, amazing. Says the Ber Yosef, a thought that we've mentioned many times, but we never connected it to this. And that is, we know the Mishkan was a tikkun for the Chet Egel. What was the root Chet? We spoke about this last week. Many different Pshatim. What was the root? Many, many say. The Beis HaLevi and the Nitziv and others based on earlier Chazals. The root of the Chayta Egel was the rush. The rush to find spiritual avenues to get to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. They felt under pressure. They felt Moshe Rabbeinu died. They needed to get close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, And therefore, they created their own avenues to get to HaKadosh Baruch Hu quickly. In their mind. To get close to Hashem. That's why they did it. So what's a tikkun for that? How are we masakin 
by Ezuhi Gibor HaKovesh is Yisrael. I'm going to give you exactly what I want you to do to get close to me, to have that spiritual connection. Build a Mishkan. Build it, build it, build it. Go quickly, go quickly. And then stop. And then wait till I tell you. Wait and wait and wait. By the Egel, you jump the gun. By the Egel, you couldn't wait. You know what the Tikkun is? You have to wait. You have to wait until I tell you it's time. That's the message. Next column. Do it quickly. But then wait. And to teach us everything has to be from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but at the time that HaKadosh Baruch Hu says is appropriate. That's the message. Another idea, fascinating, how the Egel is a tikkun for the, how the, how is misukan al yidei ha-mishkan. The Egel, you jump the gun, and the Mishkan was uh, the tikkun. Why Yitzchak? Separate idea. But why Yitzchak? The Lachara, on the bottom left. Chodesh Nisan, Yishbo Maila Gedola, Shebo Yatsi Yisrami Mitzrayim. Right? So there's an even, oh, uh, they wanted to do in the, in the month that uh, Yitzchak was born. How about in the month that Bnei Yisrael went out of Mitzrayim? How about in the month that other things happened? Avram and Yaakov. No, but the point of the Mishkan says the Ber Yosef is Hakrovas Hakarbanos. Karbanos, according to the Ramban and others, I should feel that I'm being Hukraf. It's my blood. It's my fats. Nobody did that better than Yitzchak Avinu. Nobody made themselves into a carbon. So when we build our Mishkan, we need to build it with the schus of Yitzchak Avinu. Efer Munach, in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we have to do it with that in mind as we, as we build our own Mishkan. And finally, the last thought for the evening, which relates back to something we mentioned earlier, but I'm doing it in order, all the way at the end. All the way at the end, of course, we have the Binyan HaMishkan and the Hashras HaShchina that is brought at the end. Says the Medrash. And this really connects to also Vayakel as well. So it's uh, really a, clo- a closing out. A closing out of Sefer Shmos. Sefer Hagula, as the Ramban called it. Says the Medrash in this week's parsha. Amar Rebbe Avin. The mashal of building the Mishkan is like a king who is very, very handsome. Very handsome, gorgeous. Amr Ben Beso, he says to one of his family members, Aseli Kamosi, make me a picture just like I look. Make a portrait. Amr Le Adonia Melech, Ech Yechol Ani Lasos Kamosi, I can't. You're too beautiful. You're too amazing. Amr Le, says the king, do the best you can. Ata Besam Manecha, Va'ani Bechvodi. If you do the best you can to get to as close as you can to reality, that's all I'm asking. Kach Amr Lakadish Baruch Hu Moshe. Hashem says to Moshe, build. Re'ei va'asei. Moshe says, it can't be. What do you mean? This is going to, the, the Mishkan is going to be parallel to the whole world. It's going to bring down the Shekhin. It's going to be the center for the Malachim, for the celestial beings. Everything? How? How, how could it be a reflection of you? Hashem says, Ata, you with all of your raw materials, that's all you got to do. And that's what we say by the Mishkan and says Pincus, that's what we say by every mitzvah that we do. I'm going to shake a lulav. I'm going to blow shofar. How does that, what does that change in Shemayim? How does that affect my spiritual state? I just listen. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, you know what? You just do what you have to do. I'll worry about the rest. I'll worry about the rest. And Cesar Pink is a beautiful thought that we could take with us. Every time we say a bracha, before we do a mitzvah, what do we say? Baruch HaDashem, Elokeinu Melech HaLam, Asher Kiddushanu, B'mitzvosav, V'tzivanu. Never think about that. He sanctified us, B'mitzvosav. Wouldn't it be better to say, B'mitzvoseinu? Not B'mitzvosav. He sanctified us with our mitzvot. He gave us mitzvot. Wait, he doesn't do mitzvot. There are mitzvot to fulfill. That's a story you can say. It's, he was the commander. Okay. But still, it's interesting, says Rav Pincus, 
that it says sav, the emphasis, even in the bracha, as we're fulfilling a mitzvah, is it's his mitzvos, and that hour, line 16, you know what the answer is, says Repinkus? Because whenever we do a mitzvah, that's only half the job. That's only a little bit. It's up to HaKadosh Baruch Hu to be mashlim. Every mitzvah only achieves its purpose with HaKadosh Baruch Hu giving its significance and chashivus. As the Pazik says in Tehillim, line 22. Ekra lelokim elyon lokel gomer alai. Hashem finishes it for me. It's his mitzvos as much as it is our mitzvos. Because when we do a mitzvah, he's mashlin. And that's what happened by the Mishkan. How does the Sefer end? After everything B'nai Yisrael did, what happens? The Anan comes down. Hashras Hashchina. That's what we want. That's what we try to do. Every mitzvah that we do. The goal is Hashras Hashchina. The goal is HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence residing Basuli Mikdash V'Shachanti B'Socham. If we could do that, then every individual, every every tzibur, our tzibur, tzibur of Klaiswell, could be Nitchazek. We could have the strength to continue in each of our personal respective Avodas HaKodesh. Okay, we'll stop here. Next week we'll continue with the beginning of Sefer Vayikra.